We gather to feel the love of God and the love of community holding us, holding us in all that our lives bring, the joys and the sorrows. And we remember that we are never alone. May we feel the love of God and love of community around us. And I invite you to, um, we can't pass the peace, but I invite you to look around and to wave. And in your waving, and I invite you to wave those at home at the camera, and those at home wave to us. And we remember that God's love is shared through our love and that we are connected through God's love. A couple of announcements for us today. A reminder that um, if you haven't been with us for the last little while, um, we are able to sing again, but we're invited to sing softly um, as we sing our hymns. Um, you, you can sit if you'd like. I also know it's a, you know, 45 minutes is a long time to sit, so if you need to stand up for the, the hymns or any time during the service, you're welcome to, or if you prefer to sit, you're always welcome to do that as well. A very big thank you to Heather, who leads our child, family, and youth ministry here at Grace for last week's wonderful pop-up ukulele concert. Let's give Heather a round of applause. And all of the youth and children as well for the great job they did. We give them thanks. We give thanks to God for them. If you missed the concert, it is on our YouTube page. It's at the end of last week's um, um, worship service. Also, a big thank you to Sally. Um, you probably noticed all the cookies that went out that Sally and some helpers helped to bake, and they brought joy to um, many people, the seniors in our church and many others. Um, so we give thanks to God and to, for Sally's work and for, to Sally for all the work she does to help us keep connected, well, especially while we need to be apart. Our angel tree is at the back again this year. If you missed it, it's at the bottom of the stairs there. You can grab a, a tag and on the back it names a, a, um, a gender and an age for a child or youth. Um, if you are at home and would like to take part, please call the church and we'll grab a tag for you and let you know what it says. Donations need to be brought to the church by December 5th. That's the first Sunday of December. And I found out something really neat about what happens with those gifts at the board meeting. Um, they're taken to the Salvation Army and they are laid out so that parents can choose the gifts for their children. And that's a beautiful way of, of you know, parents know their children. And it's a beautiful way for them to be able to share um, the celebration of the seasons with, with the neighbors. So don't worry if you see you know, child age 15, you're like, I kind of know my, my grandchild or my child or my neighbor who's 15 really, really like this, but I don't know if this child would like that. The parents will choose what is best for their children. A reminder that our next book club is on December 29th on Zoom, and the book will be The Spoon Stealer. It's the 22nd now. 20, it's, it's the 22nd now. Please note a correction to the date for the book club. Thank you, Beth. The 22nd on Zoom. and. Um, the book club will be talking about the, the book, The Spoon Stealer. And the amazing thing about using Zoom is that the author, um, Leslie, I, I scribbled the name quickly, the author will be present to share about the book. 
And our walk and talk continues to meet at 9.30 for an outside walk. They meet at the church in the parking lot. If you'd like to join, um, please, you can just show up. And if you'd like to know about, more about these or any other announcement, please call the church office. And as we gather, we remember the relationships of this place. In Canada, 1.67 million people identified as Indigenous in the year 2016, and that consensus. There are more than 630 First Nations communities in Canada, representing more than 50 nations and 50 Indigenous languages. As we gather for worship, we remember that at Grace United Church, we are gathered on the traditional territory of the Mississauga, Ottawa, and Anishinaabawaki nations. And the Anishinaabawaki nation includes Saugeen Ojibwe Nation and the Chippewas of Nanwash, unceded First Nations, which are both in Bruce County. We recognize the part the United Church has played in an ongoing history of colonization, oppression, and racism, from running residential schools to theologies, theological ideas rooted in supremacy. We also remember the history of acting as if all First Nations are one people with one identity. We pray that God may ever lead us in building right relationships based in justice, respect, and coming together. And we light our Christ candle remembering that Christ is indeed in our midst as we come together to worship and work together. May we always see Christ's light shining around us. May we see it in others, and may they see it in us. Amen. Let us center ourselves in this time through our centering prayer. Let us pray. Christ our brother, Christ our beginning, Christ our end. Known in Jesus, word made flesh. Known in logos, hidden wholeness. Pattern within the chaos, wisdom calling from the city streets for justice and compassion. Christ beyond all names, deep mystery, depth of our own being. Awaken us, enfold us, impel us to realize the dream that is ours to birth. Amen. And we do our young, time for young and young at heart all together where we're sitting in person or at home. How many of you know what this is? The easy answer, it's a, it's a tie. I'm not looking for the answer, it's a tie. <coughs> I know that. I also know what else it is, but what is the pattern on it? Do you know? It's a tartan. This is um, part of my family. This is part of my family's tartan. My grandmother, maiden name was Lindsay. And this is one of the Lindsay tartans. Tartans are an interesting thing for people who have Scottish ancestry. Um, some of the people who have Scottish ancestry have a tartan. 
and it reminds those of us who have Scottish ancestry. How many people have a, a, a tartan? Yeah, so a lot of people have a tartan. Um, maybe like me, it's, it's a distant relative tartan. How many of you have another way of identifying yourself as part of a family clan grouping? Only, only two of you. That's interesting. Nobody has last names here, I guess. Tartans, or other identifiers of, of family or connection, um, remind us you know, who we belong to. My, my family includes the Lindsays, who came from Scotland. We all have, we all have an identifier. Last names remind us who, what family we belong to, right? We were birthed or, or um, family of choice or family of, of adoption. Um, they remind us of who we are. There's many ways to remember who we are, whether it's a tartan, a last name, a, a family crest. How many people have a family crest? See, some people have a family crest. In my grandparents' house, there was the Pumphrey and Lindsay family crest side by side on a little plaque by their door. Today is Christ the King Sunday, a reign of Christ Sunday. And there's some, you know, the, the big glory songs like the one we just sang, and there's songs that are, are more about Jesus and the way he inspires us to live. But Christ the King reminds us that, like tartans and last names and family crests, it reminds us who we belong to, who do we align our lives with, whose values do we hold, how are we going to live? And Christ the King Sunday, Reign of Christ Sunday, reminds us that we are all part of the reign of God, the way that God wants this world to look and live, that we are all part of that life and making that life and sharing that life with each other, with all people, with all creation. There's no tartan for that. There's no crest for that. There may be symbols like a cross or other symbols. But may we always remember that we belong in God's love, that we are loved by God, that we are filled with God's love, and that we share God's love. And that's what we celebrate today on Reign of Christ Sunday, the power of that love to bring healing and wholeness to our lives and to this world. Let us hear how God's love is doing amazing things through our time for young and young at heart, no, time for our minute for mission, and from our scripture readings today. Good morning, everyone. So this is a first in a long time. We actually can have an in-person reading now and our scripture, which is, I think, very welcome for a lot of us. So today's story is called A Second Chance, and this is Chance's story. According to the Canadian Mental Health Association, one in five Canadians experience mental health problems. Your mission and service gives help. In his own words, Chance shares how the mental health support he received through the Bissell Centre, an organization supported through your mission and service gifts, helped him change his life. My name is Chance. I'm 25 years old and live at Hope Terrace a permanent supportive home that is run by the Bissell Center. I have fetal alcohol syndrome disorder, a type of brain injury with no cure. So I need help with things like coping with my emotions, keeping appointments, and cooking. Before I moved into Hope Terrace residence, 
life was frustrating and stressful. I used to live at my grandmother's house along with my mom and four other family members. When everyone was at home, it was chaos, which made it even harder to manage my emotions. Even happy emotions were too much for me at times. Mom knew I needed help, but we didn't have money and we didn't know where to start. So a few years ago, I tagged along with my friend to Bissell Center's Easter meal. He was getting help from Bissell and seemed to like it enough. Maybe I could get help too. It was at that very meal that I first heard about Bissell's mental health resources and the Hope Terrace house. When I was invited to move into Hope Terrace a few months later, Mom and I both agreed it would be a good decision. I finally felt some hope. Maybe life doesn't have to be so hard all the time. Maybe I could have a better life. The staff here helped me with the things that overwhelm me the most, like budgeting, cooking, and dealing with my emotions. They are awesome. They're really good, kind people. They're my family. Without the support that I regularly get here, I don't know where I'd be. Thank you for your generosity through mission and service. And today's scripture comes from John 18, verses 33 to 37. This is the New International Version. Pilate then went back inside the palace, summoned Jesus and asked him, are you the king of the Jews? Is that your own idea, Jesus asked, or did others talk to you about me? Am I a Jew, Pilate replied? Your own people and chief priests handed you over to me. What is it you have done? Jesus said, my kingdom is not of this world. If it were, my servants would fight to prevent my arrest by the Jewish leaders. But now my kingdom is from another place. You are a king then, said Pilate. Jesus answered, you say that I am a king. In fact, the reason I was born and came into the world is to testify to the truth. Everyone on the side of truth listens to me. And this is the reason I was born and came into the earth, to testify to the truth. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be blessed by God. May God bless all of our reflecting and daydreaming and searching for God's holy truths. How many of you have ever played the game Two Truths and a Lie? A couple. It's one of those fun get-to-know-you games. We even did it one time, I think at a stewardship lunch here at the church around the tables. If you don't know what the game is, here is how it goes. You think of two interesting facts about yourself that people may not know, and then you make up one convincing lie that people might think is true. Other people try to guess which interesting tidbits are the true and which one is a lie, two truths and a lie. So let's pretend we are going to play the game. Think about two interesting facts about yourself that people may not know. Okay, now think about one convincing lie about yourself that people might think is true. Unfortunately, we can't 
huddle into groups in the sanctuary to play this with, with COVID restrictions in place, but I'll share with you mine. Two truths and a lie about me. I've been on a reality TV show. I played basketball in high school. I'm an avid runner. Which interesting tidbits are true and which one is the lie? Is it true? Is it true that you are the king of the Jewish people? Pilate asks as Jesus stands in front of him. Jesus has been arrested and is awaiting sentencing for what was deemed the most horrendous of crimes by the Roman Empire, treason. Maybe in today's scripture reading, Pilate asked this question out of curiosity, or maybe he's making a mockery of Jesus, or maybe Pilate is cross-examining Jesus in order to get him to sign his own death sentence. Because if Jesus says he is a king, or if he sees himself as a king, then he is a leader of an insurrection, and the punishment will be public, humiliating, torturous crucifixion. Now, Jesus doesn't give a straight answer to Pilate's question because Jesus never does to those who hold power and privilege. Rather, he invites us all into deeper reflection and understandings that reshape how we see our lives and our world. Jesus says, my kingdom doesn't consist of what you see around you. If it did, if it did, my followers would fight so that I wouldn't be harmed. But I'm not that kind of king, not the world's kind of king. When Pilate presses him further, Jesus goes into a discourse on truth. I was born to testify to the truth, and everyone who listens to me belongs to this truth. Pilate's response, which we didn't hear today, but Pilate's response is this. What is truth? What is truth? At times, the scripture reading has been used to talk about Christ's kingdom being otherworldly after death. But Jesus isn't talking about heaven in today's gospel reading and that's not what our reading or what Christ the King or Reign of Christ Sunday is all about. It is, Pilate may not be a hero. Historically, he was very villainous as governor and was quick to crucify people he thought were leading rebellion or taking part in rebellion. But he is not entirely unwise. That's why he has this governing role. Jesus is dangerous. Jesus is dangerous to Pilate and the Roman Empire. When Jesus says his kingdom is not of this world, it's dangerous because he is saying that God's ways are not the way of the Roman Empire. With its demand of peace through submission, God's way is not the way that so many those, those in power live, those who have used and abused people to gain power, privilege, and financial gain. 
God's way is not the way of those who use religion to cast others down and make themselves feel good about themselves or give themselves power. God's way is not the ways of those who have cowered and have ignored injustice because standing for what was right was very hard. God's kingdom is a different kind of kingdom. So Jesus stands face to face with Pilate. Pilate, the embodiment of Roman power and authority. And Jesus declares that his followers stand for God's truths and God's ways in this world. His way changes everything. What is truth? Declaring Christ as king or proclaiming the reign of Christ is a bold act that can be lost with our familiarity with these elements of our religious language. Saying Christ is king or Lord or saying that God's reign is saying, saying to say that Christ is king or Lord is saying that others aren't. Declaring that God's reign revealed in Jesus is different than the kingdoms of this earth is saying that all is not right in this world and that we are called to align ourselves to live in a different way. We are invited to ask ourselves, what are the pilots of our day that the way of Jesus leads us to confront? What are the patterns, the structures, the practices, the ideas and ideals that pull us away from living the way God intends us to live? We are being confronted time and time again by the difficult truth that the way of our lives and the structures of our society and world, they're not always aligned with God's ways. We have seen the horrors of how ideas of supremacy and superiority have led to destructive patterns deeply rooted in our structures and our lives. With the unearthing of more and more children at the sites of former residential schools, we have been confronted with the truth of how deeply rooted ideas and structures built upon white, European, and Christian supremacy has led to destruction, ongoing trauma, injustice, and ongoing discrimination. And we've come face to face with the ways the church has not only been complicit in these things, but at times been a leader of these things. We have been confronted by this pandemic about how the practices that perpetuate poverty and racism and social and global inequalities have inflicted greater sufferings on specific communities. We've been confronted by how our patterns of consumption and seeing the world as ours to take from has resulted in the painful realities of climate change and the destructive realities that are happening in BC, in the Arctic, and many other places. When we declare Christ as King,
When we align ourselves with the reign of Christ, we are saying that we will confront, we will confront the pilots of our time and our place. What is truth? Jesus stands in front of Pilate, the one who has the power to grant him life or death, and he, Jesus, doesn't back down. Because God does not back down. Because the way of God cannot be crucified and silenced and stopped. Jesus reveals the way of God, the life of God lived here and now. So he pulls the cork out of a good skin of wine, and he drinks it with all the wrong people. Jesus touches and heals those whose others have written off as religiously unclean and socially undesirable. Jesus picks up a grain, uh, picks up grains of wheat, points to trees and birds and shares the holy lessons, reminding people that God's wisdom is not confined to buildings and religious leaders, but is made known as present in all of God's good creation. Jesus overturns tables and does other acts of protest that get people's attention. He tells shocking stories and makes people think differently so they will live differently and think differently and love differently. He stands up to those who perpetuate, perpetuate injustice and oppression and even when his life is on the line, he doesn't back down from the truth, from God's truth. He empowers people to live a different way, to live God's way. And what is Jesus' truth? Well, I like what Episcopalian Bishop Michael Curry says in a sermon he wrote on today's text. Bishop Curry reflects that Jesus' whole life and ministry was about love. It was focused on teaching us about love and modeling for us what selfless, sacrificial love looks like. Bishop Curry explains that this way of love that Jesus teaches as he is about to give up his life is not sweet, soft, or sentimental. This way of love is the way of living that is unselfish, sacrificial, seeking the good and the welfare of others before our own self-interest. The way of love is a game changer. It's a game changer in our, own, our personal lives, but it is also a game changer, he says, in our social life, our political life, our economic life, and in the global life of this world. He continues by reminding us that love, love is the key that opens up the paschal mystery of Jesus' death and resurrection. Love is the reason and the cause for which Jesus sacrificed his life, and it is the energy and power that would soon, even after his death, quake the earth, roll back the stone from the tomb, and raise him from the dead, new and transformed and transfigured. This love is the key to our living, and the power and the dynamic energy of the risen life of Jesus, Michael Curry reminds us. Two truths and a lie. It is true that I've been on a reality TV show when my dad's got married. Yes, I am an avid runner, many of you knew that. 
And no, I didn't play sp any sport during high school. No matter how many people ask, did you play basketball because you're tall? I never played sports in high school. I was a theater geek. Two truths and a lie. It is a lie that the ways and structures and practices that destroy are inevitable. And the pilots of our time will always win the day. It is true that we can confront difficult truths with hope. It is true that when we declare Christ as King, we are saying that we align our lives with the powerful path of love that Jesus revealed to us. This is a love that leads to healing and restoration for all. So friends, may we be brave and bold and live God's truths this day and forever. Come, let us be part of the amazing things that God is always doing right here and right now. Amen. Thanks be to God. And in love, we pour out our prayers, prayers for ourselves, prayers for others. Let us pray. Oh, Holy One, we thank you for all the gifts that are shared, the gifts of money, time, talent, the gifts that enrich the ministry of this church as we seek to share your love, the gifts that are shared with this community, the gifts that are shared through Mission Service Fund. Bless all the gifts that we share that we may all take part in your reign of love as we care for one another and seek justice in our church, in our community, and in our world. And we offer you our prayers this day. Holy One, the kingdom of God is at hand. You proclaim it through your son, Jesus, but it often feels like it's a million miles away. You demonstrate its grace and showed its power but the signs often appear faded or absent in our world. We need your kingdom to come, O oh God, in all of its fullness, in all of its glory, this waiting, this now and not yet experience of your reign is hard and it's frustrating. And so we pray for your kingdom to re be revealed in our lives turning our sickness and sin into friendship and compassion, our brokenness and fear into wholeness and joy. We pray for your kingdom to be revealed, to be revealed in our neighborhoods, turning our division and suspicion into fellowship and care, our judgment and competition into compassion and service. We pray for your kingdom to be revealed in our world, turning our war and our disparities into peace and collaboration, our consumption and our self-interest into stewardship and reverence. Oh God, may we know your kingdom is here and it is coming, oh God. Make us faithful heralds of its message and tireless practitioners of its ways. 
as we both participate in and wait for your kingdom, we offer our prayers for our community and our world. We pray for all who are mourning the death of a loved one. We pray for all who are wrestling with a medical diagnosis or decision or awaiting surgery. We pray for all who are healing from wounds that hurt. We pray for all who are hungering for food and for justice. We pray for all who are struggling to make ends meet. We pray for all who are dreaming of a new life. We pray for all who are on our minds this time as we name them in the silence of our hearts. We hold in prayer today the people of BC after the recent devastating floods there, for all who have lost home, business, sense of safety, and more. We pray for all who are rebuilding and pouring out their care to one another. We pray for Dr. Ian Era and all who work in public health. We pray for all who are struggling because of the pandemic. Oh God, we bring all of our prayers to you, trusting in your goodness and great love for all of creation. In the name of Jesus the Christ, we pray, as we join in the prayer that Jesus taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. And friends, this is the good news that the reign of God, God's love and justice, is being made known. It fills our lives and it pours out of our lives to be shared with this world. So friends, may God bless us and keep us this day and always. And may we see the face of Christ in everyone we meet. And may everyone we meet see the face of Christ in us. Let us go in love, let us go in peace, and let us go with God. Amen. Amen.